Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. For more about the baseball model in this course of this episode, set to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, April 15th, 2023. Get you in here. Check out the webpage on the banner. It's slash new for some explanations and community rules. Reminder, if you're interested in projections and picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. Link is in the show description. But even if you're not there, I'm still thrilled to have you here. Remember that sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term viewer here and don't get distracted when a team gets up the first inning. Is that sort of thing balances out in the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. Hey, at least we got the over in that one, right? Before uh, we even got to the bottom half of the inning. In other words, please understand the good and bad variants of the curse. As much as I'd like to say will be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Not a great uh, Thursday for us. Fewer games tends to create even more variants for us. Sometimes they get real good because you can, you know, you, you can kind of win all of them. If there's if they're fewer of them, Thursday wasn't great. Hopefully we could finish the week out strong here. But again, it's all about the long-term view and not about one or two games. Again, as I mentioned before, we're going to get one of these six games just completely wrong because weird things are going to happen. We're going to get one of them right because it's gone even better than our wildest expectations. Um you know, that's just the way it goes. So uh, we're thinking about the long term here. Um, otherwise, though, before we get to today's slate, some reminders, please hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content this channel provides. I do eight great money land plays to return four units. That is the risk plus win amount equals four. That way, we risk proportionally more on favorites than underdogs. That way, if it's even money, we risk two to win two. If it's a big, you know, minus 300 dog, we risk three to win one. If it's a plus 300 favorite, we risk one to win three. That way we don't have to worry about how we're scaling it out. It kind of, that math just kind of takes care of that for us. It allows us to play some bigger favorites that you might not normally play. We'll talk about one of those later on in this show. B-grade plays return three units. C-grade plays return two units. But with the scaling, with all the picks, everything, as always, take what you like. Leave the rest. Start off here in the afternoon, 3.07 p.m. Eastern, Rays at the Jays. This will be game two of a series. I don't know how Friday's game has gone yet. Maybe the Rays still have their winning streak intact. Maybe they don't. Uh, for this game, projecting the roof to be closed, Josh Fleming and Yusei Kikuchi, pair of lefties. Fleming, not good numbers so far, but the underlying metrics are promising. He's an average pitcher, definitely better than Kikuchi, who hasn't looked good in his two outings this year in the underlying metrics say that's not really a surprise that he's pitched bad. He's definitely a below average pitcher. Of course, the Rays definitely have a pitching advantage starting and bullpen, but the Rays have a better offense in Toronto. This is a pretty coin toss game. I've got up here as the official pick taking the Blue Jays at minus 106. Excuse me, minus 115. Uh, as the model says, it should be Blue Jays minus 106. Uh, it's a real coin toss situation right now. There's not good odds on anything here recording this on Friday afternoon. This one, my recommendation is just to sit back and wait and see where the number goes. If you could get some plus odds on the raise fading Kikuchi, I don't think that's a bad play. If you can get closer to even money backing the home team, with as good an offense as the Jays, it's not a bad play. Again, we're thinking about the long run. And I mentioned this yesterday, but in case you didn't see it, didn't hear it, 
one of these two teams is going to win. One of these sides is quote unquote the right side because one of them will win and one of them will lose unless it like ties and suspends until later in the season or something weird, right? Someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. But the bottom line is that if we think about playing this game 100 times, the model says the Blue Jays win 51, 52 of them. And so because we don't know which one of those 100 games we're going to get, you just don't want to be paying too bad of a price on the team. And so the reason I want to talk about this game, number one, it's a big game. People be paying attention to it because Toronto's obviously a good team in, in Tampa the way they started out in the season. Just right now, I'm not really excited about either of the numbers. So I want to talk about it to kind of say, hey, again, if you can get close to even money on Toronto, I like it. If you can get plus odds with Tampa, I like it. Right now, neither one's really available. But if either one does, that becomes a bit of a stronger play, in my opinion. If it just sits right where it is, where both sides are minus odds and the Blue Jays are slightly favored, I think it's priced really well. Maybe it's just to sit it out. But again, we're about 24 hours from this game. Uh, gets going maybe a little bit under that now. So I, I just don't think it's going to do that. I think we're going to get some movement one way or the other. So because of that, I would just be seeing which way the movement goes and then take advantage of slightly better prices, whether that's more tonight here on Friday night or Saturday morning. But right now, not really a strong play. Total is nine and a half. Model says 10.2. Same sort of situation here. I'd probably go over if I had to, but I'm not really loving going over nine and a half. If it does drop to nine, that becomes a pretty strong overplay. So again, more talking about this one for maybe where movement can help us out. But for right now, I don't really see anything I love too much. For us, MPM Eastern Mets at the A's. Let's grab the underdog A's here at home. Plus 162, it's an A grade. Much a better travel spot now that both teams have been out there as opposed to uh, what we talked about happening here on Friday. I'm well aware that Fujinami has been absolutely terrible. But here's the thing is Carlos Carrasco has also been terrible. And both these guys' underlying metrics are pretty bad. Both of them are projected to be below average going forward. This is where the A's have been in a lot of trouble is that they're going up against teams with better pitchers. And again, as bad as Fujinami has been, Carrasco has been just as bad. And I don't really think either one's a rush. I don't think either one's going to be that great. I think they're both a little bit below average. Now, obviously, Fujinami's projection is going to be a little more variable with less data on him, translating that data from overseas. The bottom line is I just don't like either one of these pitchers. Because of that, it's hard to justify the Mets' price as opposed to on Friday where I thought it was a little bit more justified giving the starting pitcher mismatch. Here, I don't think it's a mismatch. I think it's about the same. Mets are the better offense, better relievers. They should be favored, but their reliever edge isn't that much. They really have the big edge on offense, but being on the road, while they should be favored, again, I don't think they should be favored by the price of minus 180, which is what I'm seeing right now. Sideline says Mets minus 145. It's 59% chance of winning this game. So the Athletics at plus 162, winning 41% of the time, provides an expected value that's well into the positive numbers here. So it's a great investment to back the A's. Again, not sure if they can pull it off. They went about four out of 10 times. And again, these odds make a valuable long-term investment. Even though we're backing a bad pitcher, we're also thankfully fading a bad pitcher as well. Even though it's a day game, it's going to be relatively chilly out in Oakland. It's going to be starting around 1 p.m. local time, but we're not going to get out of the mid-50s for this game. Slight breeze blowing out. We typically see more runs scored in Oakland in these day games. The ball tends to carry a little bit better than at night. I'm not sure how true that's going to play because it's not a day that it's warming up at least into the 60s and 70s. Still being in the low 50s, the ball's still going to have a hard time carrying. So it makes an interesting situation. Model would say go under 8.5, projects a total of 7.9. So again, just based off of that, based off the fact that it's chilly, I would look at the under. Here's my issue with the under, though. Both pitchers, again, terrible. And even though it's still going to be chilly, the ball does tend to fly a little bit better in the daytime at Oakland, even relative to the temperature. So based off of that, it's not really a total I'm excited about. Again, if I had to play it, you forced me to, I would go under eight and a half. But I'd kind of rather hope for an eight and then flip to over because I think the really likely landing spot for this game 
it's got a reasonable probability of landing right on eight. Again, the fact that it's a daytime makes me think it's probably going to go a little bit higher than the model thinks. But the fact that it's chilly makes me afraid to go over eight and a half because now we need nine to win. So all that to say, not a great total investment, but I do think the A's, even though they aren't likely to win this game, a solid investment at the price right now, I would not be playing the Mets at minus 180. And again, a reminder, we're talking about parlays. Again, I don't typically recommend doing them, but a big reminder, a play that's not good by itself is not magically better in a parlay. So I don't think there's a lot of value in the Mets at minus 180, and that doesn't change if you add them to the parlay. Why is that? Because when you add that to the parlay mathematically, you're adding more risk than you are adding reward. We want to be adding parlay plays to our parlays where the reward is bigger than the risk, and that's not the case for the Mets right now. So I wouldn't be playing them by themselves, and I wouldn't be playing them in a parlay if you want to pass, pass, but I just want to a lot of value on the Mets and it's not a smart long-term decision. There are, again, six out of 10 chance roughly to win, but we don't know if we're going to get one of those six wins or one of the four losses. So because of that, we have to be sensitive. And again, I can't be on the Mets. I'm on the A's here at plus 162. I think it's a fantastic investment for the long-term. Even if they don't win this one, they're going to win enough at odds like this because they're going to win still 60 games or so. This might be one of them might be a good payout given the fact that Carrasco is not very good for the Mets. Also in the afternoon, 14 p.m. Eastern, Diamondbacks at the Marlins. Going to grab the Diamondbacks here as a B-grade pick at plus 112. Model says it should be Marlins minus 108. So again, that would be Diamondbacks plus 108. We're getting a little bit of value here at plus 112. This is an interesting game with Braxton Garrett and Ryan Nelson. Two pitchers the model doesn't really like much at all. It's kind of treating Garrett as a bullpen game for the Marlins. Doesn't really think he's going to go extremely deep. Not really an overly talented star. Has had a lot of ups, but more downs than ups in his young career. And Ryan Nelson, while he's a relatively highly regarded prospect and he's got some potential in the future right now, he's still a below average pitcher. He hasn't looked that great in his first two starts, and the underlying metrics don't really suggest that it should have gone any better. Might take him a little while to put it together. He might have a bright future, but right now, I don't think he's that great. So it's not really anything about these two pitchers. I don't think they're very good at all. These offenses aren't very good. It's not going to be great baseball, but I think it's an interesting game to talk about. As I mentioned yesterday, uh, the Marlins, again, project uh, left-handed pitching much better than right-handed pitching. So going up against a righty, you kind of get back fading the Marlins territory. Here's my thought on this one, though. When you look at the total, the model projects 9.6. The total is actually 8.5. And that's mainly because the model just does not like either one of these pitchers. Even though both offenses aren't great, the pitchers might actually be a little bit worse. Both bullpens are just okay. So I would look at this and I would tend to say, hey, that Marlins team total under, especially facing a righty, has been going to be probably a pretty solid play. The issue is, again, Ryan Nelson's not that good. And so the model really thinks there's going to be more runs scored um, than anything. So that would kind of cancel out my underthought. I don't really know what to make of that total. Again, model would go over. I'm not really sure I love the over, but again, if you believe the model and that the pitching in this game is very shaky with the way the ball has been flying this year, we could have a lot of runs. So the model would indicate going over eight and a half. But again, the Marlins win this probably a little bit more than 50% of the time, making Diamondbacks plus 112 a pretty solid investment. And if they want to open the roof up, as I mentioned, I don't know about the humidity and how that'll play out if they'll open it or not, but the weather will be nice and Miami will be in the uh, around 80 degrees, just a slight breeze, no chance of rain. Uh, so a really nice day in Miami where they open the roof up or not. And I think the Diamondbacks here have a chance to pull off the road. Again, minor upset. It's, it's pretty close to a coin toss game. Plus 112 offering some solid value. Only one game, I believe, this time of night, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern, Rangers at the Astros. It's back to home Astros here at minus 168. A-grade pick model says that should be Astros minus 184. 
So minus 168 is a really good investment. They win this about 65% of the time, not quite two thirds of the time, but pretty close. Here's the thing is that I think Hunter Brown's actually the better pitcher in this one over John Gray. So you might not have that name recognition. Both pitchers have looked good so far, but here's the thing. The underlying metrics for Gray have not been very positive. There's a bit of a concern that he's going to be going the wrong direction here at this point. He's getting a little bit older. Um, so based off what I've seen, it's only two starts. I'm not overreacting, but it's just something to point out that his underlying metrics suggest he might be moving towards being more of an average pitcher than an above average pitcher. And Hunter Brown, I've said it a lot. If you've been listening to me, I really like this kid. As an Astros fan, I'm really excited about him. He's done great in his first two starts. Underlying metrics support it. He's an above average pitcher by far. He's the better pitcher in this matchup. He absolutely deserves a spot in this rotation. I like backing the Astros with the better starting pitcher, the better bullpen, and the better offense, especially with Corey Seager out. That really dings the Rangers offense from close to league average to well below. And again, the Rangers bullpen, really their biggest weak spot. As well, of course, now without uh, Seager, the Rangers offense is not far behind it. Uh, this should be all Houston here at home. And again, I love backing Hunter Brown. I don't think he's getting quite the respect he deserves because I don't think people around the country realize just how good this kid is. But I think he's a really good pitcher. And again, John Gray, not bad. It's just I don't think he's that good. People think he's going to magically get better coming from Coors. He had a good season last year. I think he's a good pitcher. I just don't think he's the better pitcher in this one. I think that's the way it's priced. It's priced as if he's the better pitcher. And I don't think it's accurate. So I think we have a lot of value here, even though we're laying a little bit of a price with the Astros. If you want to lay the run line, that's your thing. That's fine. I'm just playing the money line. It is risking more than you win. But in the long run, this is a strategy that's going to work out for us. So, uh, you know, that's why I scale the way I do. That way, you know, nothing is taken off the table. And I'm just going to focus on the Astros to win. Being the home team, we don't have to worry about if they win late. If the Rangers get a garbage run in the top of the ninth, we don't have to worry about that. So better odds at the run line. You can take that if you want. I'm just taking to the money line personally. Again, minus 168, a fantastic investment here on the Astros. Get this one early. It should go up. I don't know if it will, but my hunch is it will because this price is way too low. It's me kind of warm in Houston to start off with. They might open the roof. I'm not sure with it being around 85 degrees at first pitch, but it will cool down in the upper 70s. So it might open the roof in the middle of the game, which is the thing they've done there in Houston. Not really sure exactly what the roof will do, but either way, the model does think over is a good investment, especially if you're going over eight, which I'm seeing some eights out there. This model thinks 9.1 runs. Really, a lot of that's coming from Houston. If I was going to play anything, I'd play the Astros team total over. I don't know if I play the full game over because the Rangers might not score, but one or two runs, that wouldn't surprise me. But the Astros team total over might be a good look because, again, if they open the roof up, it's going to be a warm day. Either way, again, Gray just being average, the Astros should be able to take advantage of that. And again, the Rangers reliever is not very good. And I just don't think the Rangers scored that much. The full game over, a little bit scary, but Astros team total over, probably a good way to look if you want to pair something up with the Astros on the money line like I am doing. So the late games, 9, 10 p.m. Eastern, Cubs at the Dodgers. Going back to Dodgers again, this time a B grade at minus 162. Sideline says it should be Dodgers minus 172. They win the 63% of the time. Again, the biggest issue is that the Dodgers offense is just light years ahead of the Cubs offense. Their bullpen's light years ahead of the Cubs bullpen. The Cubs definitely have an edge with regards to starting pitcher. Jamison Tyon, a much better pitcher than Michael Grove. Grove. You know, a prospect who does have some potential. His underlying metrics, not nearly as bad as that ERA, but that's not really saying anything because ERA is almost 15 in his two starts. Projecting going forward, Grove still is below average. He might end up being better. He might be closer to a league average pitcher by year's end. It wouldn't surprise me. But right now, it's hard to say he's really there. The issue is that he's not really facing a Cubs offense that's built punish him the Cubs are going to win their games for strong starting pitching we've seen that with Marcus Stroman getting a couple of the wins from this year some of the other better pitchers for the Cubs getting the wins and Tyon's good it's just he's not great he's not really that much above average and you need to be really good to shut down this potent Dodgers offense 
Talian's not nearly as bad as at 7 ERA. He's actually pitched pretty well when you look at the underlying metrics. So I don't expect him to be, have a bad season. But I just don't think he's good enough to handle this Dodgers offense. I don't think this Cubs offense is good enough to punish a pitcher like Grove who is below average. It's just not the right matchup for the Cubs. I'm on the Dodgers here. As I mentioned yesterday, if you want to look run line, I'll be splitting my bet personally between the money line and the run line. So I'd set up that way in the official pick just for accounting purposes and trying to keep things simple with the coding. But dabbling a little bit on the run line makes sense given the Dodgers tend to win by more than one or lose. And so we're saving a little bit of our risk there uh, by going run line. But either way, I think the Dodgers are a smart investment. I think they should be favored by more. They've kind of struggled out of the gate starting off here, at least at the time of this recording, you know, in the, I don't know, six and seven, seven and six or whatever range, not really where they want to be, but they're still obviously a really good team. It's just a bad you know week that they had. They're still a much better team than the Cubs. I like the Dodgers here, again, a little bit on the run line as well. And the total, I think, is priced pretty well. Models is 8.9. Actual total is 9. It'll be a chilly night in L.A., around 60 degrees to start mid-50s to close in a slight breeze blowing out. So pretty standard night in L.A. and a really good price total at 9. And then to wrap us up the late game, 9.40 p.m. Eastern Rockies, the Mariners. We're going to lay quite a hefty price here with the Mariners. And this is what I, I just I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Just because they're minus 225, that shouldn't take it off of the table for you. Maybe you play a little bit of run line. That's fine. Maybe you do a little bit of bankroll management. You take two big favorites and you do a two-team money line parlay. That's not a bad play either. But the reason why we're scaling the way we do is so that we can always have anything on the table and I hear people say things like, oh, a minus 225, that's just too much risk for me. And I'm thinking it, it maybe if you're playing one day, I get what you're saying. It's a lot of risk for not a lot of reward if you're just gambling one day. But I'm assuming if you're watching the show, you're probably betting more than one day on baseball. If you're betting baseball throughout the entire course of the season over a sample size of you know, over, you know, over 2,000 games, I believe, if you've got that many games – it's not overly risky in the long run. It is going to be risking a little bit more units on this one game. And we're going to do this on a handful of games. But in the end, the bottom line is on this minus 225. Can we win it around 70% or more of the time in order to make it profitable? That's the question. And this is one where I think that's absolutely true. Y'all know I love fading the Rockies on the road. I love backing George Kirby. So the Mariners, I think, are a really smart player. Even though the price is high, I think the price should be higher. It's probably not going to get that much higher, if I had to guess, because there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to blindly back big dogs. And that might be a successful strategy. I just don't think we should be blindly backing big dogs. I think we should be picking our spots for the right big dogs. And I don't think the Rockies are that in this situation. All over the Mariners in this one, Ryan Feltner is a terrible pitcher, one of the worst in starting baseball. He's looked really bad in his first two starts. It's not a mirage. He's bad. Kirby has been better than his ERA, and his ERA is still in the low fours. He's a above-average pitcher. The Mariners have a huge edge starting pitcher. They've got an edge in the bullpen, edge on offense at home. The model says they win this 74% of the time. It makes us a strong play, even though it's a big price, because we're going to win this way more than we lose it. It goes back to if they play this 100 times, we're going to win 74 of them. Does it mean that they win this game? Maybe not. Maybe we get one of the 26 that they lose. But given that there's a really good chance we get one of those wins, it makes it worthwhile to play this heavy price. A lot of different ways you can play it. First five, run line, put it in a two-team parlay. So you got a lot of options. I'm just playing it straight. That's just the way that I do it. If that's not something for you, there are ways to play it, and the Mariners should absolutely be part of your portfolio here. They're a strong play against the Rockies. Model thinks that the roof will be closed. The total's priced pretty well. Model says 7.9. I'm seeing 7.5 and, and 8 out there at the market right now. So a pretty well-priced total. The Mariners should have a field day with the Rockies. Really all series. They're the much better team. This series in Colorado, different story. The Rockies get a little bit of a boost at home for having one of the best home field advantages in all of baseball, but on the road against a team as good as the Mariners, even though the Mariners have looked sketchy at times, the Mariners are still a really solid baseball team, especially when they've got one of the guys like Kirby 
on the Hill, who's probably still a little bit under, kind of like I said about Hunter Brown, talking about this game, talking about the Astros game, because I think there's some value. Some of these players that people don't quite realize are as good as they are. Get all over the Mariners here on Saturday, just like him on Friday. Friday's game isn't happy yet. Hopefully it's turned out well. You never know, obviously, because like I said at the top, anything can happen in baseball in the long run, a really smart play. But remember, of course, no locks and gambling, so don't put the Mariners in all of your money line parlays. Play it smart, play it reasonable, but the Mariners are a great investment here at a low price, like minus 225, anything in the low, below minus 250, a really good price. I'm not playing minus 300 on the Mariners, but in the low minus 200s, a great investment on Seattle. And that's all I've got for you here today. Tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again to cover Monday's games. Remember, no shows on Sunday, but if you want Sunday picks, the place to get them, Dub Club. Sign up link in the show description. Until I see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.